If you are here today and you don't know God or you're online and you don't know God, I'm going to share some stories or a story today that is my story, my testimony. You know, we talk about David, don't we? Do you want to be a man and a woman or a boy and girl after God's own heart? Do you know the Bible talks about our hearts 826 times? Guess how many times it talks about our brain? Have a guess. Pardon? None. Who said none? Did you say one? Who watched that programme last night? One percent. How far did you get? Tell the truth. You said C and then it was A. And you said, I was going to pick that. But you know, that was all about our country and asking a question and how many of you will get it right. The truth of the matter is, we're all different intellects here. We've all had different upbringings, different academia. And the truth of the matter is this. God searches and looks at our hearts. David, in our Bible, is such a man. You know, this man was flawed, seriously flawed at times in his life, just like me and you. But you know what? God recognised his heart and used it in the midst of the detractors, the naysayers. You know, it's fitting that David was such a prominent figure in our Old Testament because as an imperfect human, anointed by God to save and rule his people, David lays the foundation for Jesus Christ, the only sinless human whom God would use to save and rule all humanity. What a God we serve, that he's entrusted in us to be his mouthpiece at this time in this world that we live in. So we're picking up the story of David. David is told by his dad, Jesse, go and take a packed lunch to the front line. Well, it was a bit more than that. It was a bit of bread and some cheeses. 1 Samuel 17, take this ether, a small measure of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along these 10 cheeses to the commander of the unit. I like the fact that the brothers got the bread and the commander got the 10 cheeses. A cheese board. Let me just read through, and I know most of us here will know the David and Goliath story, but I'm just going to read it. And I know that in all that God would want to say to us this morning, the word of God never goes void. It will mean something different from every single person here. So David said to Saul, let, one know, let no one lose heart on account of the Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go against the Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep when a lion and a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock. I went after it, struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized its bite's hair, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. I like this. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. And he says, and I'll go and watch from over here. Do you notice that? Sends a young man into battle. He'd lost his courage. 
But David said, I'll go. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield bare in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing and glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said, I love his courage. He said to this Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I have come to you in the name of the Lord Almighty, my God, of the armies of Israel, whom, have you, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give your carcass to the Philistine army, to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know there is a God in Israel. All those gathered there will know that this is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves for the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into your, our hands. And the Philistine moved closer to attack him. David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet him. Picture it, reaching into his bag, taking out a stone. He slung and struck the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank deep into his forehead and he fell face down to the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with sling and stone, without a sword in his hand and struck the down the Philistine and killed him. David ran over, stood over him. What an image. Take that. The enemy defeated. He took hold of Philistine's sword and drew it from the sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with that same sword. Hip hip. Oh, wow. <laughs> You've watched too many films. Tried and tested. You not agree that life has a, a tendency to try us and certainly to test us. Whether that's our patience, sometimes with our spouse, am I allowed to say that? Yeah. With our children, with our friends, with our work colleagues, the list goes on. Perhaps we're tested and are re resolved with an injustice. Or our patience to be long-suffering in situations, to be kind in the waiting for an opportunity and more so in these days that we live in our biblical stance and what we believe our fundamental beliefs what do I believe you know I believe that this is the word of God God inspired God breathed into the pages of this are not just a book that's on our shelves they are inspired by God so when you pick up the word of God and you hear the word of God, we, we, we just read, don't take it as just being a literal story that you just read from page to page. Look into it, devour it, mull it over, meditate on it. This is the word of God. God breathed, inspired by God. The word of God, our Bible, 
You know, whether you are a Christian in here or you're a Christian watching on or you're just a guest watching in and here today. I believe with all my heart and soul and body in God and in the word of God. And we'll have a Alpha course that Zen will be sharing with us shortly. I think there's 30 plus people already put the names forward for it. Looking at the meaning of life. Tried and tested will come our way. The challenge for us all is we face our giants, our own Goliaths. They seem too strong, too vicious to confront. But the battle belongs to the Lord and he knows your heart. He knows your heart in this place today. Do you know you've been constantly tried and tested through your journey in life? I'd like to say sometimes or all times you're victorious, but life has a tendency to find us wanting that we don't perhaps stand up for God and the truth. Let me encourage you, God will and does give us the strength to combat all the fiery darts that come our way, all the accusations, all the injustices that will come. Be patient, God's timing is always perfect. In our lifetime, in my lifetime, stuff happens, you not agree. You know, your challenge differs from mine, perhaps. But as Nats preached on Easter Sunday, she talks about fake news and discerning what is the truth. Jesus would remind us once more this day, if you hold on to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth and what? The truth will set you free. I'll say it again. Jesus says to us today, if you hold on to my teaching, you are my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That is my heart's desire that I would be a man of God with a heart after God and that the truth would always set me free after saying that and again watching on we can let ourselves down I've said it before and I'll say it again I've got the t-shirt so have you but today is a new day we hopefully learn from the battles in our past we understand ourselves you know the devil is quite cunning He'll come around and actually do the exact same thing that really you'll find a weakness in, but he'll do it in a different way and through a different circumstance. And then you'll say to yourselves, I can't believe I've fallen for that once more. Learn, learn and learn again. Ephesians 6, 12 says this, for our struggle is what? Not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. God does and gives us the strength to combat and overcome. We sing the song, we will overcome by what? By the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. No one can take my testimony away, my story away from me. You've got a story. You need to voice that story at times. You need to stand in that testimony of what God has done in your life and continues to do. I believe you will rise once more to the occasion that we find ourselves in, in this world that we live. God desires that you live your lives fully for God in the midst of your circumstances and that you'll not be crushed. You will not be crushed. You know, yesterday... We found ourselves once more, the last Saturday in each month. If you're a man in here or watching online, I would like to see you at our men's prayer. It's 
every last Saturday in the month. We get together and we mutually encourage each other. We share scripture over each other. We actually focus our eyes on God and we worship. We acknowledge in our weakness that God is our strength. In the midst of that, Paul Gal shared what I felt was a prophetic word. And he shared words to the effect of, to be filled by the Holy Spirit, you've got to empty yourself. Empty yourself of whatever it is that's hindering you. It could be lust, it could be envy, it could be pride, it could be greed, it could be gossip. But for God to fill you, you've got to empty yourself once more. You've got to come here today and say, God, this is me. I've allowed this to creep in, I've allowed that to creep in. And be empty so God can fill us once more. That is the way and the means that I want to live. I have countless stories of my own life, God standing in front of me, being my advocate, my voice, my invincible army against what seems like an impossible foe. A foe that is often subtle and deceitful. A foe that tries in hidden corridors to undermine me and bring me down. Tries to change my mind and tries to take my focus off Jesus and put my eyes to the floor. It tries to send me into confusion and despair. But you know what? Many, many, many years ago, you know, as I said, a few many then, I was baptised. I went through the waters of baptism. And a good friend of mine, Brian Carr, gave me a Bible verse. And the Amplified Version, which I'm just going to read from Habakkuk 3.19. The Lord God is my strength, my personal bravery and my invincible army. He makes my feet like the hind's feet and will make me walk, not stand still in terror, but to walk and make spiritual progress on high places of trouble, suffering or responsibility. The Lord God is my strength, my personal bravery and my invincible army. The scripture has given me massive comfort over my years as a Christian. My ally, my helper in times of trouble as I've navigated those lonely times that we all face, those secret times that we all have. You know, if you've been baptised and gone through the waters, you'll have received a certificate that will have a Bible verse on. Perhaps revisit that. That's not just a nice Bible verse. That is a verse that someone has waited and asked God for guidance on what to put as the scripture over your life, the grace that you find yourself living in. You know, my praise report that I shared, well, I didn't share it. I wrote it down a couple of weeks ago. But I simply put on the 10th of this month, healed me from diagnosis of MS, took me through cancer and healed my heart through emotional turmoil. That's my praise report that keeps on being wrote. John Andrews last week, eloquently as ever, that, that man will be helping us a lot more in our courses in our future and preaching more often on a Sunday. He is a brilliant guy, a great friend of mine and a great team member that we have here at the bridge. Especially when no one is watching. In obscurity, God is looking. Seemingly when no one's interested, God is looking. You know, but when God is looking and searching us, what does he find this moment, this day? Preaching on God, whom the Bible says is a man after God's own heart. We look at David and just think, is anyone in here the age of 15 years old? I'll be knowing whether you are or not. Anyone here 15? 15 is a young age. David, it's reported, was 15 years of age. 
Me at 15 years of age, think about you at 15 years. I, I was footy, mad, motorbikes, any sport actually, and girls. That was about my level. No one else in here. I know you're all reading your Bible at that time. But this, this young shepherd boy is going to battle. 15 years of age, the youngest of seven, tending his sheep in obscurity. This boy was overlooked and thought of as insignificant, too small, too unimportant to be even worth consideration. Just a thought for you all today. We have a lot of assumptions, assumptions about each other. You don't know each other's stories and journeys or what's going on in the lives, but you assume you do. But more importantly, you don't know what's going on in people's hearts this morning. There's a well-known quote, before you judge someone, walk a mile in their shoes. So focus our minds a bit. I'm going to say that similar quote from a nurse's point of view. Walk a mile in my shoes, see what I see, hear what I hear, feel what I feel. Then maybe you'll understand why I do what I do. Till then, don't judge me. You know, the war in Ukraine, the pandemic is a stark reminder to that truth. Assumptions include my life and journey. You can conjure up images that how I've come to be in the position I am to become leader of the British Church. You assume that you know. Some of you know a bit more because you're mates and you've been part of my life as I've been growing up. Well, I've never grown up actually. <laughs> but you know what? Picture me as a 15 year old. On most evenings, I'd be with a group of my mates after footy or the like, hanging around the street corner, feeling about getting up to mischief. No doubt the, the likes of Matt Carr would come over and say, hello, hello, what are you up to? I'd say, nothing, officer, honestly. <laughs> we observe the same activities, do we not, on our street corners today. Gangs of youths, up to no good. Or you assume they're up to no good. Even posting on Harvard social media. Beware, a group of young people are gathering. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Don't tell me you don't do it and look at it. Hannah's on some of those neighbourhood watches. I think, what's that about? Hey, no. But me as a 15-year-old, me as that 15-year-old, in that group, the same group that you will see on the corners tonight could be your children, and your grandchildren. Those same children on that street corner. That was me. And whilst I was in that gang, I was born with a heart for others. Born church. God had imparted something in me that only God can do. I didn't know at the time what it would be used for. Didn't go to church didn't understand what God had done for me but I knew that God had given me a heart after others and you know what he's given you a heart is it after others has he anointed you to preach good news to all those things I said at the start of the service you know from primary school age I'd look out for those young people around me who were being bullied and stand in the gap for them I go out of my way to encourage others. I've always been like that. 
But on the face of it to a stranger, that 15-year-old on a street corner was a teenage delinquent. A no hope in life, pulled together in one description, that one heart fits all. And not as an individual that God saw me. I'm so grateful God looks at my heart and not at my outward appearance. Take heart, church. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at, but man because man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. 1 Samuel 16, 7. That's the truth. And don't forget that I grew up in a really wealthy home. And you know it. I had the swimming pool, the full-size snooker table. And when I was in those atmospheres with my family, I was treated differently because there was wealth behind it. Same person, same heart that was stood on those street corners. What about you when you were up to mischief? What about you when God was searching your heart? You know, last week we heard, didn't we? It's not your environment, it's your environment. It's what's going on in your heart. Question, did David know on that morning he was going to take that packed lunch out to the front line? Did he know that he was going to face a nine foot nine inch Goliath? A giant of a man. At 15 years of age, he would say, God, I know that you will stand with me. Not by sword, not by might, not by power, but what? By my spirit, says the Lord. Well, David was growing with assurance, just as you are. You have been growing in faith every moment that you've asked Jesus into your life, that from that first moment to now, you are growing in assurance and in faith. Some of you have faced trials, perhaps not a lion and a bear, but trials of difficulty. You're going through trials of difficulty now. You've been tested, but you will come out as victor. There are some moments in our lives when we doubt ourselves. We doubt whether we will react right, whether we will do the Christian thing, the correct thing, turn the other cheek. In fact, our flesh says the opposite because we want revenge. Some years ago when my son Ross was at secondary school, I was going through tremendous difficulty in life. Health that you know a bit about. Relationship that you know a bit bit about. And in these moments, I was challenged. Challenged what I, in the face of it at that time, was beyond what my flesh and my conscious state could could face. In the natural, I couldn't combat it. I was being tried and tested beyond, beyond what I thought I could cope with. Let me share one of those instances. And there's a lot more that I could share. I've often asked myself why my teenage son Ross was with me during these times. To witness the raw and real as I'm going through life. Why? Why was he with me? As my observer. You know, I truly believe that God was by spirit showing me and my son something. A lifelong lesson We pick up the story from David that God went before him and defeats the enemy, not always with sling and stone. As I read earlier, all those gathered here know that it's not by sword or spear that the Lord says, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you all you need and put it into your hands. So I was... I'm going to say a long word here, metaphorically. Yeah, I only said it once. Sick and tired of being sick and tired. I felt my card in life was too much to bear. 
I was ready to throw in the towel. Sometimes life can feel like that. I'm just going through the motions. I, I look okay on the outside, but inside I'm dying of death. And a summer morning, I set off to run my son Ross to school. I'm going over the tops and going into town. Got my packed lunch ready. I didn't know at that particular day I'd be facing the Goliath, a situation that would continue for weeks and months after. Picture the scene, I'm driving and I come to a temporary traffic lights on the brow of a hill. I can't see the traffic that's coming the other way, but my lights are on red. So I, I wait. You've all been in those sorts of situations. After a few minutes, the traffic lights change from red and amber to green and I set off. As I go over the crest of the hill, there's a car speeding towards me. Someone trying to look just to get through those lights, obviously, on minutes. So I pulls over to the side. As we get side to side, door to door, I put my window down, they put their window down, and the guy spits in my face. Now I've got my son next to me, and I'm not a shrinking violet. I've got cars behind me, thankfully, so I've got to move on. But I'm feeling there, uh, I've just told you, I'm ready to throw in the towel. I'm feeling marginalised. I'm feeling sick and tired of being sick and tired. I move on. Now you say, well, why is that a Goliath situation? Well, I mentioned that happened for weeks, days, weeks, months after. So every time I'd run Ross to school, this person would either try to run me off the road, follow me home, or follow me to work on a constant daily basis. Everything in me wanted to do something to resolve that in my own strength. Everything in me wanted my flesh to sort that flesh out. Now listen, you can conjure up anything you'd like. You might have been in situations similar to what you do in those situations. Lots of things can enter our heads. But I want to tell you something here because it's fact. When I was going through that time, God was carrying me. God was leading me. God was momentary, momentarily giving me strength to combat what was happening in my world. Then there became a final time that something happened and it was this, the traffic slowed down on either side, not with traffic lights, just because of the business of traffic. And as I slowed down almost to a stop, the car with this gentleman in stopped exactly in the same position as when this guy spat in my face. And as our cars came side by side and our windows went down, I said, have a good day, mate. And he says, yeah, you too. And we both went. Now, if that isn't a God moment from what has gone before, but it seemed to me that God was with us in that moment because God was with us. I truly believe that that encounter was a God encounter. You know, angels are sent to guard us and guide us during our time here on earth. I looked at Ross, my son, on that day in the passenger seat. We didn't say a great deal of words together. We will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Now, you might say that's a far-fetched story. Well, that's Ross if it's far-fetched. There's other things that my son witnessed and saw how I reacted in my moments of raw and real. 
Psalm 91, 11 says this, for he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. You know, this translates church to literally to mean that God will instruct his angels to watch over us as individuals. God will give each of his angels a purpose to guard his children. Those who are faithful will be under the constant care of his angels. Exodus 23, 28. See, I'm sending an angel ahead of you to guard you along the way and to bring you into a place that I prepared. A great example of God showing how he can use his angels to protect his children. The Lord was promising the Israelites that they would be guided by an angel to the promised land of Canaan. The Israelites were protected during their journey through the wilderness because they trusted in God and his promises. Ban, please come up. A 15-year-old boy, David, was tried and tested. He was taunted by Goliath. And Goliath said, come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. Well, he didn't say that, but that's what he was saying. He taunted the armies for 40 days previous. Saul says, you go and do it, boy, and I'll watch from over here. Church, individuals, God sees your heart. He saw you on that street corner. He sees you in that workplace. He sees you with that gang. And he knows your heart. It's time for us to stand out and stand up for the truth. And the truth will set us free. I'm so glad that I answer to God. I'm so glad when I put my head on the, uh, the pillow of an evening, God is the one I talk to. God is the one I say thank you to. There'll be other times that I'm tried and tested. But you know, we go into a song where it says this, he has done it once and he will do it again. Walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall. But you have never failed me yet. Please stand with me. Church, we need to keep focused. We need each other and we need to stand together. We need to allow God to lead us through the most difficult of situations. For anyone who's here apathetic, just going through the life in, in motion, perhaps you're hurting behind the scenes. It's not by might, nor by power, but my, by my spirit, says the Lord. Another praise report says this from you, someone in here, or perhaps online. God has helped me persevere through very, very difficult trials and temptations and brought me closer in relationship with him. God has been my rock and church has been a place that's helped me recognise that. God, we are here once more. Oh God, you saw me from the moment I was born in this world. You intrinsically wove me together in my mother's womb and you breathed life into my lungs. Little did I know that I'd be stood here on a day like this. But God, you know me. You know me, God. And God knows you, church. He would say, what is in you? What have you got to let go so I can fill you once more with my spirit? That you would be the person who will give great news of great joy into the world that you live. And as for us and our house, we will serve our God 
And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.